Sri Sai Sacharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, A Modern Rendering, Chapter 46, Baba's Bodhgaya Trip and the Story of the Goats. This chapter describes Shama's trip to Varanasi, Prayag, and Bodhgaya and how Baba, in the form of his portrait, was there ahead of him. It also describes Baba's remembrances of the past birth of the two goats. Preliminary Blessed Osai are your feet. Blessed is remembrance of you and blessed is your darshan, which frees us from the bondage of karma. Though your form is invisible to us now, still if devotees believe in you, they receive living experiences from you. By an indivisible and subtle thread, you draw your devotees from far and near to your feet, and embrace them like a kind and loving mother. The devotees do not know where you are, but you so skillfully pull the wires that they ultimately realize that you are at their back to help and support them. The intelligent, wise, and learned fall into the pit of samsara on account of their egoism but you save the poor, simple, and devout through your power. You play the whole game inwardly and invisibly, but demonstrate that you are unconcerned with it. You do things but pose as a non-doer. No one knows your life. The best course, then, is for us to surrender our body, speech, and mind to you, to your feet, and always chant your name to destroy our sins and karmas. You fulfill the wishes of devotees, and to those who are without any desire, you give bliss supreme. Chanting your name is the easiest sadhana for devotees, by this sadhana, our negative karmas and rajasic and tamasic qualities will vanish. And the sattvic, the pure and virtuous qualities, will gain predominance. Along with this, discrimination, dispassion, and knowledge will follow. Then we shall abide in ourselves and our Guru, who are one and the same. This is what is called complete surrender to the Guru. The only sure sign of this is that our mind becomes peaceful and calm. 
the greatness of this surrender, devotion, and knowledge is unique. Or peace, non-attachment, fame, and salvation come in its train. If Baba accepts a devotee, he follows him and stands by him day and night at his home or far away. Let the devotee go anywhere he likes. Baba is there ahead of him, in some form or in some inconceivable manner. The following story illustrates this. Trip to Bodh Gaya Sometime after Kanka Saheb Dixit was introduced to Sai Baba, he decided to perform the thread ceremony of his eldest son at Nagpur. At the same time, Nana Saheb decided to perform the marriage ceremony of his eldest son at Gwalor. Both Kaka Saheb and Nana Saheb came to Shirdi and lovingly invited Baba to these functions. Baba asked them to take Shama as his representative. When he was pressed to come in person, Baba told them to take Shama with them, and after going to Benares and Prayag, we will be there ahead of Shama. Now mark these words, for they show Baba's all-pervasiveness. After receiving Baba's permission, Shama decided to attend both these functions, then go on to Benares, Prayag, and Bodh Gaya. Apakote decided to accompany him. They both went first to Nagpur for the thread ceremony, then to Gwalor for the marriage ceremony. They went on to Ayodhya and visited the Rama temple, where they stayed for 21 days. Next, visited Benares, then left for Bodh Gaya by train. On the train, they both felt uneasy after hearing that there were incidences of plague in Bodh Gaya. They arrived late in the evening at the Bodh Gaya station and went to stay at the Dharmashala, a pilgrimage lodging. In the morning, Gaiwala, the priest who provides lodging for pilgrims, came to their aid. The pilgrims have already started. You better hurry. Shama casually asked him whether there was a plague in Bodh Gaya. No, said the Gaiwala. Please come without any fear or anxiety and see for yourself. They went with him and stayed in his house, which was a large and spacious water. Shama was pleased with the accommodations, but what pleased him most was a beautiful large portrait of Baba fixed in the central portion of the building. Seeing this portrait, Shama was overwhelmed with emotion. He remembered Baba's words that he would be ahead of Shama after going to Benares and Prayag and burst into tears. His hair stood on end, his throat was choked, 
and he began to sob. The guy Walla thought he was crying because he was afraid of plague. Chama inquired where he had gotten the Baba portrait. The Gayawala replied that he had two or three hundred agents working who looked after pilgrims to Bodh Gaya, and he heard about Baba from them. After hearing about Baba about twelve years ago, he went to Shirdi himself and had Baba's darshan. In Chirdi, he saw the portrait of Baba that hung in Shama's house and was drawn to it. Shama gave the portrait to him with Baba's permission. This was the same portrait. Shama then remembered this former incident. The Gayawala's joy knew no bounds when he learned that the same Shama who helped him before was his guest now. Then they both exchanged love and service and were delighted and happy. The Gayawala gave him a royal welcome. He was a very rich man. He sat in a palanquin and made Shama ride an elephant and attended to all his comforts and conveniences. The moral of the story is this. Baba's words came true to the letter and unbounded was his love for his devotees. But leave this aside. He also loved all creatures equally, for he knew that he was one with them. The following story will illustrate this. Two Goats Once, when Baba was returning from Lundi, he saw a flock of goats. Two of them attracted his attention. He went to them, caressed and fondled them, then bought them for 32 rupees. The devotees were surprised at this conduct by Baba. They thought that Baba was duped in this bargain, as the goats would normally fetch two rupees each, at the most three or four. They began to take Baba to task for this, but Baba kept calm and cool. Shama and Tatya asked Baba for an explanation. He said he should not store money as he had no money or any family to look after. He asked them to purchase four sears of dal and feed the goats at his expense. After this was done, Baba returned the goats to the owner of the flock and gave the following reminiscences about the goats. Oh, Shama and Tatya, you think I have been deceived in this bargain. No, listen to their story. In their former birth, they were human beings and had the good fortune to be my companions and sit by my side. They were brothers from the same womb, loving each other at first, but then, later on, became enemies. The elder brother was an idle fellow, while the younger one was an active chap and earned a lot of money. The elder brother became greedy and jealous 
and wanted to kill his younger brother and take his money. They forgot their brotherly relationship and began to quarrel with each other. The elder brother resorted to many devices to kill his younger brother, but all of his attempts failed. So they became deadly enemies. Finally, there came a time when the elder brother gave a deadly blow to the younger brother's head with a big stick, and the younger brother struck the elder with an axe, and they both fell dead on the spot. As a result of their actions, they were born as goats. As they passed by me, I recognized them at once. I remembered their past history. Taking pity on them, I wanted to feed them and give them rest and comfort. That is the reason I spent all the money for which you criticize me. As you do not like my bargain, I sent the goats back to their shepherd. Such was Sai's love for the goats. Pranams to Sri Sai. Peace be to all. You've been listening to a modern rendering of Hamad Pant's The Sri Sai Satcharitra. The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba Edited and narrated by Monica Penaconda For more content like this online please go to divinelineage.org saifamily.org and peacefires.org To learn more about Monica please go to monicapenaconda.org